talk about the goodness of God today. I, wanna, I, I just love this subject, the goodness of God, because it just, it's such a big subject. It just keeps on going on and on. And I'm not talking about the length of my sermon here. I'm talking about how big this subject is, that God is a good God. He is so good to us. And when you hear, you know, when you hear about God being a good God, you know, what's, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Yeah, you might be saying, well, thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to me. Or, or you might be saying, yeah, I know that God is good, but what about this? And what about that? Or maybe you're like one of those people who says something like, yeah, if God is so good, how come bad things happen to good people? Or you might be saying, well, how come, you know, I've been praying for X, Y, Z, and God didn't meet my need. God didn't do what I wanted Him to do for me. Maybe you're one of those kind of people. And I hope that today before this is over, that I can give you some answers or help you to be able to answer people who think that way. Because I want to tell you this morning, friends, God is a good God. He is fundamentally good. And there's a lot of things that we can look into about that. Like I want to just share with you this morning a little bit about the story of, and you might have read it in the Bible, in the Gospel of John, when Jesus one day met this woman at a well outside of a little village, a little town. He was there and this woman, wanted to, she wanted to argue with Jesus. Just think about that for a moment. He, he is the creator of the world. He is the one who sustains everything and holds everything in place by the world of his power. You can't really argue with God. She was arguing with Jesus. This is what he said to her. He said to her, Lady, if you knew the goodness of God, if you knew the gift of God, or one translation says, the, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, your world would change radically. Now that word generosity, some translations say the gift of God. That word is very similar to our, when you study it, similar to the word that we use for grace, the grace of God. And if you look into it, it means something you really didn't deserve and you never need to pay back again. So Jesus was saying to her, if you knew what God wants to give you that you don't deserve and you never need to pay it back, I want to tell you your world would be completely turned upside down. Everything would change for you. And that's what it's like for us today, friends, to understand the gift that God wants to pour into our life. He has so much for us. And this, this passage or this little illustration highlights something of what you could call a, a crisis of belief happening in the Western world and the Western church today. Because we have so much information at our fingertips. You know, I should have brought my phone up. But if you've got a mobile phone, um, don't get it out right now unless you want to look up some scriptures. But if you've got a mobile phone, you know, you've got at your fingertips immediate access to almost all the information that's ever been accumulated in the world, ever, for all time. Is that right? It's all right there. You know, we have so much possibility and information available to us, and yet, by and large, the church and the world know so little about the goodness of God. They know so little about how God really is, how good He really is. And I think that's our mission. Our mission, our job is to tell them and to communicate with them. This is a great scripture in uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 78. It says this, it says, he planted, God planted a witness in Jacob, set his word firmly in Israel, and then commanded our parents to teach it to their children. So the next generation and the next generation. 
and the next generation would come to know everything God has done and how good he is. Friend, it's our job to pass on to our children and the next generation and people that we meet about the goodness of God. So I want to help you this morning to be able to do that a little bit better today. Okay, number one, what, what we believe matters and changing what we believe matters. Because, friend, the world is changing so fast, we've got to be able to change what we believe. And that's a bit, that can be tricky. That can be difficult sometimes. It can be challenging for us sometimes. There's a principle in God's economy, in God's world, that goes like this. Believing comes first, and then you begin to see the results of what you're believing for. Faith, so much of the Bible is about having faith in God. When we demonstrate faith in Him by our words and by our actions, you know, by the things that we do, faith comes first. And out of faith comes so much of God, what God wants to pour into your life. Uh, there's so many scriptures that talk about this. Uh, like when Jesus spoke to Martha in John 11 verse 40, He said to her, Didn't I say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did you get that? That if you believe you'd begin to see. So believing positions us to be able to see the goodness of God, to see what God is wanting to do in our life, to see the power of God at work in our life. I love that other one. It's not on the screen, but in Isaiah, um, I think it's uh, chapter 53. And it says, it says, Who has believed our report and to whom has God revealed His mighty power? It's like believing opens the door to see the power of God come to, to play in our lives. Believing is so important. What you believe is really matters, folks. It really matters. Um, years ago, I remember, we were living up in far north Queensland, and, and uh, um, we were like a, I was like an assistant pastor of the church up there. And, and I, I went through a season or, or a period where the devil was really attacking me with unbelief. And... and uh, I started to question some things and I started to wonder, like we had left everything behind. We were living at Chinchilla. We moved up there, sold our house. We had two young kids and uh, we had a business that we, we just sort of sold, probably gave it away, I don't know, and um, went up there to, to serve the Lord in this new, like a, another country going up to North Queensland, far North Queensland. Any Cowboys supporters here? Okay. Come on. They're awesome. Hey, next year. Next year. Okay. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are, you, are you like a Panthers supporter or something? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, still next year. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're living up there, and, and I, but I began to have these doubts and these challenges, you know, and, and uh, you know, I began to think, I wonder, I wonder, is this whole thing, is the whole thing some kind of a hoax? This whole God thing, is it some kind of a conspiracy or some kind of a hoax? And I said to myself, no, 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 no. I've seen too much. I've seen, I have seen the power of God. I've experienced personally. I've been healed myself supernaturally a number of times. And I, I've seen the blessing of God on our life. And I've just seen too much. And I said, I don't care what anyone says or any thoughts that come into my mind. I'm going to determine. I'm going to believe what God says. And I'm going to stake my claim on that. And I did, and I never looked back ever again. I told the devil to get lost out of my mind, and I never, ever looked back again. And I'm never going to believe that stuff that circulates around in, in my mind, in everyone's mind. 
at that time. So I made a decision to believe what I know of God to be true. And I want to encourage you this morning, what you know of God to be true, to believe that and stake your claim on that. And here's another thought. Don't let's ever sacrifice what we know to be true of God for the, for the questions or in, in the interest of the questions we haven't yet answered. Because we all have some questions that we haven't yet answered or resolved in our minds. Don't let that uh, jeopardize the things you know to be true of God in your mind. So you can stake your claim on the reality of what God has shown you. So that's all good. Um, and then, then we discover that all of a sudden God is doing something new. Because, friend, He's always doing a new thing. God is always doing something new. And so what we have to do is we've got to update our thinking. We've got to download the latest version. We've got to get what God is saying to us and update our thinking a little bit. So that can be challenging sometimes. You know, when, when Jesus was born, it was the dawn of a new age. It was the start of a whole new era, a whole new season uh, that God was doing. And, and the people involved in, at that time, they had to get their heads around it. It was very challenging. They had, to, they had to realize that God was doing something radical and new. And it was the first time these people were really hearing about God's favor that was coming on the earth at that stage. So, um, you know, humans, us, all of us here, we're not that good at handling new information, at, at processing new things, is that right? We, we struggle with this sometimes. And sometimes we've got to unlearn the things that we already have in our minds so that we can learn the new thing that God wants to show us. And I want to just share, show you a little video this morning that helps us to understand that this is a really tricky thing uh, because we get entrenched in our thinking, don't we? We get, we, come, we get entrenched with old thinking sometimes, and yet God is wanting to show us something completely new. Let's just run this little video and have a look at it. And, we've, and to be able to get new information, we learn new information, and, but we sometimes can't process it straight away because the old stuff is so entrenched in our thinking. That's what he's really saying about how we get into a rut in our, in our minds, in our thinking. And I want to uh, share with you and challenge you this morning that if you've had a view in your mind that maybe God is not really so good as some say, I want to tell you that can be, that's wrong because God is fundamentally and absolutely good but sometimes the way we see things, the way something works out for us is not always the way we want or not always the way I would like. But I want to tell you, God is good for us this morning and is good for you this morning. A lot of people start out in life with um, a view of God's nature that comes out of an Old Testament understanding. And I've shared this before here, I know, but... Uh, as good as the Bible stories are, like the Old Testament Bible stories, and, and I, I love them. I, I grew up um, reading the Old Testament and, and just, you know, I, I love all those old Bible stories like David and Goliath and, you know, Noah's Ark and uh, Daniel in the lion's den and all, all those stories. They're, they're wonderful and they show a certain perspective about God's nature and who God is and it's wonderful. But when Jesus came, he came to bring us a more full and a more complete picture of the reality of God. And it's a really powerful thing if we can just understand that. Here's the point that the Bible is an unfolding revelation of God's character. From the start right through to the, to the end, it's an unfolding, progressive 
revelation. And we, as, in addition to that, we get a progressive revelation of how good God is. And that's why so we give people a copy of the New Testament when they first become a Christian because we want them to see and understand the, what God is like now, what God is showing of himself now, uh, the revelation of God's goodness right now. I, I just love the scripture, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. I, I've quoted it many times here, but it says, you know, God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. You might know it as, don't you know it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance? You know what that says to me? It says that a person, even before they become a Christian, say you're someone who's a, you know, has no knowledge of God, but something's happening in their heart and they're, they're being stirred up on the inside. God is leading them. The Holy Spirit is drawing them and someone shares with them. You know, Dallas, where, where's Dallas sitting? Up the back there. You know, he's, he's, he's about to go and talk to this person about Jesus and lead them in a prayer to ask Jesus into his heart. Or Haley, you know, she's going to do the same thing, you know. And, and so, um, so the Holy Spirit is at work in that person's life, but they haven't yet become a Christian. They're still, they're still outside of the kingdom of God, you might say. But I want to tell you, God's goodness has been shown to that person. It's the goodness of God that leads someone to the place of receiving Jesus. So don't think for a moment that, oh, I'm a Christian, you know, God's favor is on me, but he's not on those people over there. Don't, let's not discriminate like that. Now, here's a radical scripture, a radical statement. It's not on the screen, but it says this. Don't you know, in, in, I think it's in um, Timothy, uh, you know, Paul says to Timothy, that God is the Savior of all people. Hey, that's pretty radical. I'm not saying everyone will be saved, but it means, what it's saying is that he is, His favor is upon all people. He is blessing people, and He sends His reign on the just and the unjust as well because He is for us, and He's for us today, everyone, you and I. So it's the goodness of God that leads us to opening our lives up to Him. And then He begins to show us more and more. I want to challenge you today to take God at His word and let your mind be expanded to receive and understand more of His goodness in your life. You know, the first time I started to think about the goodness of God myself, uh, we were living down at Stanthorpe. We had planted a church down there in the 80s, right, in the, in the 1980s. And and uh, again, I began to go through a bit of a, ser- a bit of a, uh, a season where I was a bit discouraged, and you know, probably the enemy was attacking me. And I came across this scripture in Psalm 27, which says, um, uh, "If I hadn't, if I hadn't believed, I said I, I, I would have been discouraged. I would have, my heart would have failed. Or, you know, if if I hadn't seen the goodness of God, there's another scripture we can put up there. If I hadn't seen the goodness of God." in the land of the living or while I'm alive. I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see the goodness of God. And that scripture just came alive in my heart. And it really saved me from a lot of discouragement and maybe dumb decisions and so on in those days. Unless I'd seen the goodness of God, I began to think about that. It was such a powerful thing in my life at that time. And years later, I began to think about my own childhood. And uh, I began to realize that, you know... um, I look back at that and I see God was carrying me through a lot of things that happened in my life back then. And, and uh, I, I know that things happened in my own childhood that uh, could have been a lot worse. But I know that when I look back at it, that God was protecting me. God was keeping me. And I want to say the same for you today. 
we often don't realize it at the time. When, when we're going through something, maybe it looks like a bad situation when you're going through something. But years later, you look back at it and say, hey, you know what? God kept me from so much worse. God was keeping me all the time. I was actually being carried along in God's purposes and surrounded, really, by His goodness right back there. It made me think about my, my mother, actually. Um, and uh, I remember as a, as, a, as a young child, one of my earliest, well, my earliest uh, memory, recollection of all is, well, one of them is as a young child sitting outside the front door of our little cottage in Victoria where I grew up. Um, and my, my mother um, teaching my, my older brother and I like Sunday school. And we had these little coloring books, I suppose. And we were, she was teaching us Bible stories and we were coloring these in. And just like at our house, you know, on a Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I remember we did that for a while. And then I, I never knew what was going on really, but after that I, know, I knew that she, she planted, she actually was involved in planting a couple of churches after that. But when I found out more of the story many, many years later, uh, my, my mother had been going to a, like a mainline church. I won't say which one, but a very a historical church, so to speak. And what happened is she had a real hunger for God. And um, she encountered the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what happened, but but she was baptized in the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other, other languages. She began to pray supernaturally in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not everyone likes that. Not everyone can understand that. And uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, as far as I know, she was actually asked. <laughs> she had an assisted passage out of, out of that church. They didn't like her doing that. And so... Um, after that, she subsequently um, um, caught, got in touch with the ACC in those days and, 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 and planted it, and they planted a church in the little town where we, where we lived. And, and she planted another one, another couple actually after that. And it was a really amazing thing, but uh, I, what, what, what was amazing to me is that when I think about that, is that she went through some pretty hard times back there. But you know what? God was doing something far, far bigger. God had in mind a picture of, you know, church planting and uh, what He wanted to do supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. So, so when you're going through something hard and you're not sure, you know, why is this happening to me? Why are these people doing this to me? What's going on around here? Maybe God's got something much bigger in mind for you that you can't see right now. And you still mightn't see it till years later. But he's got something special in mind for you because he is fundamentally good. You know, God has been revealing his goodness progressively right from the start of the Bible. In fact, if you, if you want to get the Bible and read it from the start, uh, which is, you know, is a good thing to do as well, uh, God didn't waste any time uh, revealing the fact, his goodness in the Old Testament as well. Like you only get into the, the verse number 4, chapter 1, verse 4, and God starts talking about his goodness, right? So we're talking about right at the start of the Bible. He said, God saw the light that he had made and it was good. And then he made something else and it was good. He made the animals and the, and the fish and the sea and the birds in the air. And behold, it was good. And he separated the light from the darkness and it was good. Everything God did seven times, it says he did this and it was good. Why? Because God is good. He did things that were good because he is good. 
And that's something that we have to get a hold of today. And then what happened is it, it ramps up. You get right through the Old Testament and then you get to the New Testament. And with the birth of Jesus, when Jesus came, it goes to another whole level, the revelation of God's goodness. Because, you know, there's, um, there was a, it was an amazing time. There was, uh, you know, um, shepherds were out in the field and an angel there was a, a choir of angels began singing and they said, you know, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, you know, goodwill to all people. And I, um, uh, there's a, there's a, that's like a song, one of the songs that we sing, a Christmas song we sing. And uh, I've always loved that, you know, it says, uh, one version of that says, uh, you know, the angels sang glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to men of goodwill or people of goodwill. And I, I thought about that, you know, um, it's why we shouldn't take our theology from our songs, by the way. Because um, if you read that, if you, if you think about those words, and like I grew up, I guess, listening to that, but it says, peace on earth to people of goodwill. In other words, you could say that he's saying, well, there's a certain class of people over here that are going to experience God's blessing, and there's those outside who are not going to experience that. I want to tell you that's actually theologically incorrect, because I've studied this verse uh, you know, I've read it in at least 30 different translations and read commentaries about it. And if you, a better translation actually goes like this. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to people on whom his favor rests is a more accurate translation. What it's saying, friends, is that God's fa- God has shown his favor to us, to all people, because he loves people. God just loves. So the, what, what, why am I saying this? You know, um, Am I saying this to say that it doesn't matter what people do, you know, the love of God is always going to be there? Am I say, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. You know, like if you've seen the Arnott's ad on TV recently, it doesn't matter what you do, I'm still in love with you. You know, you know God, I was going to try and sing that, but I don't think I will. <laughs> um, what happens is, friends, that when the love of God comes into your heart, it transforms you. It changes you. You can't stay the same when you experience the love of God. It is so powerful and profound and deep in our lives that uh, it, it changes you. Your life is changed. So I want to encourage you this morning to, be, to receive God's favor and His love and His goodness toward you today. God's favor on your life doesn't make you any better than anyone else. It doesn't make you better than someone else. It just makes you better than you would have been otherwise. God's favor changes you. It makes you better than you. It's also the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. And isn't it so true often that we, we, our lives are limited because we think, you know, if it is to be, it's up to me. I believe that for a long time. I've said it before, probably re- recently. You know, in management circles, you know, you read that all the time. If it is to be, it's up to me. I've got to take responsibility. Well, look, there's a certain truth about that, but it's not the whole truth. Because the truth is, friends, when I learn to tap into God's power, when I get my words, my thinking, my words and my actions in line with what God is saying, I open up the whole world to a whole heap of other things that are amazing. When I get my understanding about God in line with who God really is, when I start to understand who God is and how good He is, and I get my thinking and my speaking in line with God, what happens is heaven comes into agreement with earth and the power of God begins to be released in my life. 
It's so significant when that begins to happen in our lives. So I'm just going to ask our creative team to come back um, right now. But you know, maybe you're here today and, you, know, and you, you are feeling today worn down by life's circumstances and things are happening around you and that you don't understand and, and you're just not sure. I want to tell you, friend, this morning that God is, may well have something bigger in store for you that you can't see right now. And he's just saying, I want you to put your trust in me. I want you to put your hope in me. And I want you to stake your claim in my word in the things that I've got for you in the future. Maybe there's some circumstances weighing on you right now and you're thinking, maybe some things weighing you down and, you, and uh, saying today that it's challenging what you believe about God and saying, is God really good? Why is this happening to me right now? If God is so good, why is this happening to me? And I want to encourage you today, don't let go of that confidence in the belief and belief in the goodness of God because He is good. He is good and He's for you today. He's so much for you. And I want to just encourage you by saying, friends, you will see the goodness of God while you're alive. You will see His goodness come to pass in your life while you are alive today. Maybe you're ready here today to let God show Himself to you in ways that will that will challenge your thinking and maybe maybe expand your understanding. You know, like that guy with a bicycle, he couldn't do it. The end of the story was he eventually learned how to ride that bike, by the way. It took him eight months of riding it every day. He eventually learned how to ride it. But God wants to expand our understanding to receive more of His goodness, more of His life and more of His grace. And I want you to think back here this morning back back to your own past and you know how many times God was at work in your life and you couldn't see it at the time but later on you can look back and realize you know God did something good God kept me through those times God kept me for his broader and bigger and greater purposes right now why don't we just uh, take a moment just close our eyes for a moment